Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and I've got a special guest with me today, uh, Mr. Eric Thompson. Eric, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's awesome to be here. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Well, everybody, I want to thank you. This is Ask a Winning Coach. This is episode number 13. And today, we're going to reverse the roles a little bit. Uh, Eric is going to interview me, and he's going to talk to me about my dad. Uh, you know, my dad recently passed away, but I'm so grateful for the things. Well, I got to give my mom credit too, but my mom and dad, but my dad recently passed away and Eric and I were talking and he taught me so much. And so we thought we could just talk a little bit about that um, because I think that some of his uh, nuggets of wisdom can be passed along. Uh, mainly, I pass a lot of them to my kids, but also to uh, my coaching clients and to people listening to this podcast. And remember, our podcast is about creating epic client service and creating work-life balance. And I'm grateful that my father was able to teach me how to enjoy life. So I think that's one of the things sometimes we forget is uh, we're only here for a short period of time and we got to make the most of it. And he was great at doing that. So uh, thank you for listening to episode number 13, Ask a Winner Coach. Take it away, Eric. Okay, Mr. Fanning, we will do that. And um, I'll say thank you to everyone listening. And Mike, I'm going to say thank you to you. Thank you to you for being up for doing this. Um, I, I just think this is going to be really cool because this will be a way for us to get to know you better by uh, getting to know your dad better and all the things you learned from him and, and the, the, the life lessons and, and all the amazing parts of your dad. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. Thank you again for, for being up for it. So why don't we start, Mike, with um, just helping us to get to know your dad a little bit better. But by the way, uh, his first name, was Harry, Harry Fanning, and yeah. middle name Drew, Harry Drew Fanning. Harry Drew Fanning, awesome, right. awesome. So tell us, uh, Mike, just to, to, let's talk about the early part of his life. Like, where did he grow up and like his family growing up and where he went to school and, and those kind of things. Like, t- tell us about the early days of his life. Yeah, r- early on, uh, Texas. He was a Texan, born in El Paso, Texas, and grew up uh, what they, my mom would call the east side. And she said the east side is where, you know, some of those kids that you don't want to hang around with live. Um, but he grew up on a ranch. Uh, his dad was in the railroad and he grew up on a ranch. He had a brother named Larry, younger brother. And, uh, you know, they just had a really good life in terms of just, uh, you know, living uh, kind of ranch. You know, they had cattle and horses and he had a, a grandfather that had a big ranch they would go to every summer. And so he just, he loved being around um, animals. That was a big passion of his. And uh, my dad was a problem solver. So he was always figuring out ways to do crazy stuff. In fact, I think he told the story one time where 
he and my brother, they just made new bows and arrows and uh, they made them out of uh, bamboo and uh, cactus needles. And he told my <laughs> told his brother to take off running down the street and see how good his arrow was. And my dad actually shot his brother in the shoulder with one of his arrows. I mean, back in those days, crazy stuff, right? But crazy stories. But you know, they they had a fun life and they had all kinds did all kinds of crazy things. Oh, that's that's fantastic. So he he grew up on a ranch. And one thing I've gotten to learn about people who grew up on a farm or on a ranch, they have great work ethics. Was was that true of your dad? Like, did he grow up? Was he working from a really young age and working on the ranch when he was a little kid? And Oh, absolutely. Always, yeah. always had a job, always ways of making money uh, and figuring out how to, uh, you know, always creative in all kinds of things that he did. And to some of the stories he would tell about how he and his brother would come up with ideas on how to make money. Always, always working. Yeah. So was so he had a brother. Um, any other siblings? Nope. He just had a younger brother, uh, Larry and Harry. And people say, was it Lawrence and Harold? No, it was Larry and Harry. <laughs> Larry and Harry. <laughs> Larry. So Larry was was the big brother. No, so he was the younger brother. Larry was the younger brother. My dad was the older brother. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Right. Um, so um, grew up in El. Was it in El Paso, or was it a little town outside of El Paso? Just, just a little bit east of El Paso. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that, I mean, Texas is so big, and I, I don't know the exact name of the little town, but yeah, just uh, just right outside of El Paso. Got it. Okay. Did uh, did he go to college? Yeah, I went to uh, UTEP, uh, University okay. of Texas El Paso. That's actually where he met my mom. Okay. Yeah. So that I was going to uh, lead to that then. So perfect. So tell us the story of him meeting your mom. You know, uh, I got to tell you, it was probably uh, one of their escapades to Juarez. They used to. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They would, they would always go into Mexico. And uh, I, I knew that they were in, uh, she was in a fraternity. He was in a sorority. And uh, that's kind of how they met. In fact, uh, I think she was dating one of my dad's really good friends. And I think he said to her, why are you with him? I mean, <laughs> You made with me. <laughs> so, you know, she he kind of, he always had that, uh, he always had that fun uh, idea around him. And in fact, my sister and I always said, my mom created the funds and my dad created the fun. Oh, beautiful. So he was just that kind of guy. But that's how they met. Yeah, they met in college uh, through uh, fraternity and sorority. Got it. But is she from El Paso also? Yes. She was okay. born in El Paso as well. Okay. Um, so did he stay there his whole life? Did he stay in El Paso? Yeah, so he, uh, you know, they got married there, and then he went off, he went to Vietnam, and uh, he was on the USS Ranger aircraft carrier in the 60s, and so um, he left, and then uh, I was born, he was in Vietnam, so I uh, was with, living with my mom, and uh, my dad didn't come back until, uh, you know, I was born in 66, my dad got back uh, just the year after I was born. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to have you tell us about, tell us about the days, like or when they were first together and married and, you know, even before they, before they had kids and, and those, yeah. Tell us about that leading up to going to Vietnam. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he was a journeyman electrician. He worked actually as place. If you ever heard of white sands, uh, New Mexico, which is where there was a NASA had where the rockets were. And he was, sure. he was an electrician there and that's where he worked. My mom was a school teacher and, um, they lived in El Paso. And then uh, lo and behold, they decided to have kids. And so uh, they had myself and my sister. She's my younger sister. And uh, so before I was born, um, you know, he was working and then he went into, went into, you know, he got drafted uh, into Vietnam and he was an electrician on the USS Ranger on the aircraft carrier. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, an electrician on an aircraft carrier in Vietnam and you were born while while he was still there. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was born in 1966. So okay, 
yeah, uh, right towards the end of Vietnam. Yeah, got it. So he came home uh, about a year after you were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, no, I do remember when I was little, I did, it's funny things. I do remember when I was little, uh, I did get to go on the aircraft carrier because they would move us around. And, uh, you know, and so uh, that's how we ended up being in Seattle was because the aircraft carrier was stationed in Bremerton, Washington for a little while. My mom and dad kind of fell in love with that area. But uh, I so I have vague memories of like, being in San Francisco and when I was really little and getting to hang out with my dad, but you know, because they would, they would come home and then he would leave again. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What, what was Vietnam like for him? Wow. That that's amazing that he was in Vietnam. Did he ever talk about that? Did, did you share about that a lot, you know, and being on the aircraft carrier, most of the time they were, they, they weren't actually in the, the fighting so much. They were more, yeah. you know, off the coast, uh, you know, so a lot of, a lot of, just being out in the water basically is what he talked about. And they didn't see, you know, they saw the, they saw the, uh, the jets uh, taken off and landing on the, on the aircraft carriers, but you know, they weren't really actually engaged in, you know, actually the fighting. Yeah. Um, so, but he didn't talk about a lot. I mean, he talked about seeing a lot of really great concerts, and <laughs> a lot of, a lot of musicians that would come and, and, yeah. you know, they do shows, but, uh, but yeah, he didn't really talk about it that much. Okay. Was he a musician? No, not at all. Okay. In fact, he loved music, but he uh, never played anything. Okay, I was I was wondering maybe that if that's if that's where you got the inspiration to to become a musician, maybe from him. But yeah, I don't. In my yeah. my mom didn't play anything either, so I'm not really sure where it came from. Yeah. But, yeah. but they yeah. supported it 100, percent which was awesome. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then tell us. Uh, he gets back from Vietnam, and then then what? Like. Uh, so he gets back and uh, again, we're working in El Paso and he was at the White Sands and then they closed White Sands down, NASA closed down. And, um, you know, my dad was one of the things I learned from my dad was that, you know, you're never stuck. Mm. That was something that he always said, you know, the, you, your world is based on what you choose to do and where you choose to go. And so I remember when I was really young, he decided that he was going to go find more work. And so he literally packed up, we had a trailer that we'd go camping in. He packed that up and he said he was going to be gone for a couple of months and he came uh, north to Washington State, found work and then uh, and then all of a sudden he came back home and we packed up and loaded up a rider truck and we drove from Texas to Washington State where he had secured a new job and uh, the whole family, we just moved. But that was the one thing about my dad is that he always said, you know what, um, you know, you make your own world. And I, he used to always say, you know, if you rub a blister on your butt you got to be the one that sits on it. <laughs> That's good. So he, just, that. he just said, look, you know what? You got to, you got to figure things out. And if there's, and you're never stuck. So if there's something going on uh, that's not working right for you, then figure out how to fix it. And he always just, that's, he always did that. I don't think he ever really worried. He would just always just figure things out. Um, and that was a lesson that he taught both my sister and I that, you know what, figure things out. There's always a solution. Man, what I'll tell you, me me knowing you so well, that is fascinating because I I see that trait in you, oh, for you. sure. And I, and I'm guessing there there are so many people listening to this who also know you really well. You you're never stuck, and you never you never worry, you never complain. You're always you're very solution oriented. And so now, now I get it. Now I know where that comes from, and, and I I so appreciate that about you, and it and you it sounds like obviously you so appreciate that about your dad, and and you watched it firsthand. He lost his job, but he wasn't stuck. He just found a solution. He's like, I'm gonna go find another job, and it happened to be in Washington, and got the job, came got got the family, and 
Yeah. Where you go on your next chapter. Well, and he also would always say this to me too, which was always interesting. He said, you know what? Uh, go find the hard things because there's less competition there. <laughs> right. He said, because most people don't want to go do the hard stuff. He said, find the hard things. There's way less competition. And you'll find out how successful you are. So he, you know, so a lot of people would say, well, there's no jobs around here. And he says, well, there's no jobs around here, but I guess there's jobs in other parts of the country. Let's go find out where that is. He yeah. says, but it's difficult because you got to travel. You got to leave your family for a little while. He goes, but the rewards are huge. You just got to be willing sometimes to sacrifice. And uh, when you do that and you're smart about it, there's great success behind it. What did your dad do in retirement? Like what, uh, what, what did you said he was into having fun? What are some things he had fun with in retirement? Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, so my sister's son, when he was young, when he was a little, little kid, he was going to go learn how to ski. And my dad said, well, I'll take him up skiing. My dad never skied before. I mean, had never skied. And we weren't, you know, land lovers in El Paso, Texas. There wasn't much snow. And so here we move up to the West, uh, up to the North. And uh, so my dad's like, I don't know, he's probably in his 50s at the time. He's like, I'm going to learn how to ski. And he literally just bought skis and took lessons and learned how to ski. I mean, he, he would just go, he just loved to go do things. He also loved horseback riding. So when I grew up on Fox Island, we had uh, horses, um, we had cows, we had pigs, we had chickens, we had ostriches, believe it or not. We raised <laughs> ostriches for two and a half years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But he just, he loved, he loved animals. He loved, uh, he loved uh, building things. So he had a workshop where he and my, uh, my nephew would go build swords and shields. And I, my kids even today still have, I was looking at my son's closet the other day and he still got wood swords and shields that my dad made for him when they were kids. He just, you know, rubber band guns, you know, all kinds of just, he just loved to do that kind of stuff. He was really creative and he could never be idle. He always had to be going. Yeah. He couldn't sit still. It just drove him nuts. So he always, there was always a project, always something yeah. like that. And, and uh, the two of you spent some time in the water too, right? Weren't you, um, he liked to go crabbing. Uh, you guys did that. Fair yeah, amount water, right? yeah. So yeah. when, when, uh, when he was close to retirement, he and my mom uh, bought a, a, a 40 foot uh, boat and uh, we would cruise. They would go cruise all over the place. We were members of the yacht club on Fox Island and he would cruise to the San Juans. And uh, it was a family trip that we always loved to go on. So uh, in the summers, we'd go up to Roche Harbor and you know, go crabbing and stay on the docks there. And just, he, he really loved, he loved the water, which is, you know, he was in the Navy and it's just something that he loved to do. Yeah. 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 So um, one thing I want to ask you about is, um, is challenges, you know, all, all people go through challenges in their life. And we, I think we can learn so much by watching how they go through it and how they overcome. And, and you, you already shared one about, losing his job at, at white sands any are there other challenges that come up challenges obstacles that you you watched him go through along the way or even or maybe you heard stories about and um anything like that come up for you well you know i, I just think I, I think challenges with uh relationships challenges with uh raising kids you know one of the things that my dad was always good at is that he was pretty level-headed and uh you know i never really saw him get super angry um he would always you know, he would always ask you how you thought you contributed to the situation. Right? <laughs> I always want to know, okay, so this didn't go so well for you. So how did you contribute to this? You know, uh, I think taking responsibility, he always would take responsibility for anything that, you know, that he did that went wrong. It's like, you know what, that was my bad. I shouldn't have done it that way. I should have done it differently. And that was the one thing that he taught me is that, 
you know, um, you can only change yourself. And when things don't go the right way, the first thing you got to do is look inside and say, how did I contribute to this? Yeah. And he, and that's just what he did. And, uh, you know, and he also was always willing to help, uh, anytime, you know, anybody needed help, even when, when, when things maybe weren't going so well for him, he still was always willing to help people. You know, how can I help you? What can I do? And I think that went a long ways because when you look at the people that were grateful for knowing him, it was those people that he decided, you know, that he helped, uh, he would give you the shirt off his back if he, if, if, if you needed it. Yeah. So um, taking responsibility, that, that's a big part of coaching, right? I, I know that's, I mean, you, I know that's something that you share with your coaching clients and that, that makes sense of where, how that was instilled into you when, when you were young. I mean, coaching is so much about helping people to take responsibility because at times we can feel at the mercy of, at the effect of the world and our clients and the market, but we always have to look in the mirror first, right? And, and, and see where, what we're, how we played a role in the situation. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I mean, being prepared, uh, that was the other thing too, is, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, my dad wasn't, I mean, he didn't worry, but he was never, he wasn't the kind of person that was Pollyanna. I mean, everything wasn't positive and it was always great, but he always said, uh, you know, prepare yourself, be prepared. I know, uh, when I, early on, one of the things, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, work ethic was huge and you, you know, you always had to have a job. And I didn't do so well at getting a job. And I remember one morning he woke me up at about 4.30 in the morning. He said, hey, you got to get up. I said, why? He said, you got a job. I said, I didn't get a job. He goes, oh, I know. I got one for you. You're fucking hay. Uh, <laughs> alpha bales for Stroh's feed. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I got you a job. And he was teaching me a lesson. Number one, he was teaching me that, you know, if I didn't make my own path in my life, somebody else is going to make it for me. And it might not be what I like. And two is that, you know, you need to be prepared and by being prepared, you need to go work, you know, nothing's going to be given to you, you know, if you want it, you got to go earn it. And um, I got to tell you, I did that job for about a month and then I found a new job and then let him find me a job again. <laughs> you, you decided to make your own path and not let I decided, I decided it was time to make my own path and not <laughs> let make my path again, because that would not be a path that I would enjoy. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what... What do you think are the things that, that he was the most proud of? You know, uh, family. I think he is yeah. very, very proud of uh, both myself and my sister. You know, I had the pleasure after my mom passed away about two years ago, um, we were doing a ninja installation in um, Boise, Idaho. And uh, my dad said, hey, dad, you want to go want to go with us? And so Doug Simcock and I were teaching. And so my dad said, yeah, I'll come. In fact, he even went out and bought a new suit. Uh, for, to go to it. And so he came to that. And what was interesting was to watch him talk to a lot of the students who were in the class. And then afterwards, they pull me aside and go, hey, you know what? Uh, he spoke very highly of you. you. He's very proud of you. And I said, you know, that's great. I, I totally appreciate that. I'm glad he told you. I said, did he tell you any big stories that I need to know about? Because sometimes <laughs> he did have the ability to exaggerate a bit. Um, but, you know, I think he was really, really proud of that. And uh, I think he was really, really proud of just um, his ability to, uh, you know, provide for his family because he always, there was, you know, even when things were difficult, uh, my sister and I never knew it, you know, and he sent us to college and he took care of us and we never wanted for anything. And, uh, you know, he was always able to make that happen because uh, he just was never stuck, never, never felt stuck. I never noticed my dad ever be uh, you know, down. I mean, even when things weren't going great, he was never that kind of guy that, uh, you know, blamed somebody else or he always took responsibility. 
Yeah. Yeah. So never down, but not, not in a fake, uh, just put on a happy face way, just a, just a real way. It's just yeah. matter of fact, took responsibility and just never stuck. Keep kept going forward and finding yeah. solutions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, uh, proud of his grandkids too. I, I would imagine. Oh yeah. He, he loved his grandkids. In fact, uh, it was interesting kind of towards his last days there, uh, the kids came to see him and he was kind of, you know, out of it because he was on pain medication, but, um, it was really great to see because when the grandkids would walk into the room, his eyes, his eyebrows would go up and you could see that he was just excited that they were there, you know, cause he had so much, but that was, a, he loved, he was such a, he loved everybody. He loved, he loved, he was a people person. He wanted to be around a lot of people, but man, he loved doing things with his grandkids, uh, especially showing them how to do stuff. Right. He's, he's, he'd always tell my son, son uh, hey, Jack, let me show you the business end of a shovel and let me show you how to use it. <laughs> the other one I loved, he'd say to my son, he'd say, hey, Jack, can you talk and work at the same time? Then stop talking. <laughs> he, was, he, he was always ready to give you a little little word of advice. Yeah, needed. straight from the ranch, it sounds yeah, like. Straight from the ranch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are, um, what are some of the big lessons you feel like you learned from him? And you've, you've already shared a lot, but are there other lessons that, that come up, like the, the big ahas and big you know, things the, you remember? The other big aha for me is, you know, uh, and I, I've said this a couple of times, but his, la- his, his inability to worry. Um, mm. But it's not so much that. It was that he would always say, hey, let's worry when there's something to worry about. He was a big believer in, you know, not manifesting anxiety or fear because it was fake because you, you know, cause a lot of things we worry about, we manifest ourselves. And uh, I can always remember, you know, when my mom would maybe be a, a little anxious about something, he'd say, Hey, let's, let's not worry about it right now. We'll figure it out. Let's, let's wait until there's really something to worry about. And, uh, and he was always good about calming people down in, mm. in that way. Um, and then the other one was just his ability to always, always find a solution. Um, I think that's a big thing for a lot of us. You know, a lot of us, when we feel like we're stuck, it's because we've lost hope and then we become helpless. And he always said, he goes, you know, if, if you, if you lose your hope, uh, you're going to get stuck. He said, so always look for solutions and there's always solutions. And sometimes the solutions aren't by yourself. You gotta, you gotta ask for help. You gotta seek other people uh, out sometimes. And he goes, you'd be amazed the people out there that are willing to help you. And uh, you know, and just, you know, be able to do that. And he was really good at just seeing that and mapping that out. Love it. Love it. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. I, you mentioned to me once that you've, you've thought about uh, uh, creating a book with, with his beliefs and sayings and expressions and pl- please write that, that getting to know him better. That's I know that would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. I gave him, I gave him a journal uh, a while back and just said, Hey dad, whenever you have your sayings, we just write them down. And so he did. In fact, I have it now. And so I think I'm going to name the book Pawisms because that's what the his grandkids would call him Paw, uh, but we'll call him Pawisms. And he's he's got a lot of them. He wrote a lot of them down. And you know, and they're things we've all heard, but they're just things that I would hear from him growing up uh, that would just make me chuckle or make me laugh or you know, or he'd be a poke he'd be poking fun at me with something that he said. So yeah, yeah. Did, you made a comment to me before we started recording about um, how sometimes the the lessons don't sink in until later. So to, to tell us a little bit of, about that. I, I think everyone listening would enjoy your, your take on this. I think it's interesting. 
Well, you know, it's uh, absolutely, you know, I, I called him, this was a while ago, this is probably about when my, when my son, Jack, was probably about 15, when that teenager years were hitting, and I called my dad and just said, hey, dad, I want to apologize. And he said, what do you want to say sorry for? I said, I just want to apologize, because if I was this way when I was 15, I'm sorry. He goes, ah, he goes, there you go. It's coming back to you now. He goes, that's it. <laughs> But, um, but I think about things that, you know, our parents say to us when we're younger and we don't, we don't listen to it so much because, you know, we think we kind of know it all. And now when I look back and I look at some of the things that he was telling me, and I find myself now being a parent saying, oh, man, I'm saying the same things to my kids and they're not necessarily always listening. So I think the, the, the critical thing for me is that, you know, parents have some wisdom. I mean, they've gone down the path before. And I think sometimes we need to listen. I know a lot of times in coaching, you know, I'll share some ideas and sometimes clients are like, oh, well, I think about something better, but it's, you know, it's good to listen. There's, there's wisdom in, in age. There's wisdom in going down a path prior to somebody else going down that path. And, you know, and, and they're just trying to give you some friendly advice. And I think that uh, now I think about that, there's things that my dad says now that I'm actually really going, wow, I'm, I'm glad that he told me that because now it's actually, I can put it into practice. Right, right. Yeah. And, and maybe some of, why didn't I let that sink in sooner? <laughs> right, well, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, why did I wait so long before I <laughs> gave some validity to what he was saying? Right, right. Yeah. Oh man, this has all been so good. It's been so good. Anything else you want to share about him? You know, no, I just, I got to say, and I, and I have to give credit. I mean, my dad didn't do that alone. Um, I had phenomenal mom, phenomenal dad. I was great for that, really good parents. Um, I got a terrific sister who, uh, you know, she and I have a great relationship, but I just would say this. I'd say, you know, right now, if you're lucky to still have your parents with you, you know, tell them you love them. Uh, give yeah. them a hug and know that, you know, they're not going to be there always. And then the other thing too, is I, and I shared this in one of my warmups after he passed is people say, well, it must be so difficult, you know, losing your dad. And it's not easy, but you know, the, the beauty of it is, is his light didn't go out. His light was just passed mm-hmm. on to people that love him. And we still all hold on to those memories of who he was, his smile, his jokes, you know, his stories, uh, his cowboy boot collection, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, but his light shines on. And I think that, um, you know, for all of us, it's a lesson to learn. It's like when people, uh, when you lose people in your life, think about all the great things they have and ask yourself, how are you now carrying that light and passing that light on to somebody else? Because that's how we all grow. That's how we all get better as we learn from each other. And I think that that's a great lesson and something that, you know, I remember he whispered into my son's ear right before he passed away. He said, hey, make sure you take care of the family. Right. And I mean, he, and all he was just passing the torch. Right. And then he said to my daughter, he said, Hey, stick with your artwork. You're a great artist, you know, and he just, he wanted to make sure that, Hey, you know what, these are the things that you need to carry on with. So that's my lesson is, you know, take the, the greatest things of the people that are in your life. And when they're no longer there, think about those and carry the light. Let the light shine on. Yeah, um, light shine beautiful, on. Mike, just absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, it's really, really cool. I can't thank you enough. Can't wait for the book, Pawisms. Pawisms. Yeah. We are anxiously awaiting <laughs> the release of that book. That's going to be well, filled with good stuff. Well, and I want to say thank you to you for asking me to do this because I know that you said, hey, why don't we do this podcast? And I know that it's not so much real estate related, but it is just related to, you know, relationships and, uh, you know, thinking about how we're going to create our own paths and move forward in life. And that's kind of what our, our podcast is about, is about, you know, creating epic client service, but also work-life balance. And I think work-life balance is a big piece of it is building your own path and, and not worrying. So 
thank you, Eric, for uh, for for pushing me to do this, and I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, my my pleasure. You know what? There's so many raving fans of you on this podcast, Mike, who listen to it, and it's just a way to get to know you even better um, by getting to know your dad even better. So, my pleasure. Yeah. Well, hey everyone, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, hopefully, you found this entertaining at best, and maybe some nuggets uh, that you pulled out of here. Uh, keep in mind that if you like what we're doing, share this, uh, give us a rating, let us know if we're hitting the mark. And uh, again, thanks so much for listening. And uh, you guys, be awesome help somebody and uh, make it a great day. And we'll talk to you later. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.